Hello, Internet. This is Chase Wassenaar, a.k.a. the Red Shirt King. Welcome to day five of our 2016 North American LCS team-by-team preview for the spring split. Uh, it has been an exciting four days so far. This is team five, and I couldn't think of anyone I'd rather break it down with than my good friend, Walter Fetchuk. Walter, how are you doing, man? Oh, you poor folks at home. You are stuck with me until the very end of this. The very <laughs> end, you'll have to listen to my opinions on all of these rosters. It's uh, doing pretty good. It's good. <laughs> that got to a dark place for a second there. Like, are you okay? like? I know it's like Team Five, but we've still got five more to go. You've got to keep the enthusiasm going, man. Um, oh, and- we we still got a couple teams that I I can't wait to talk about. Don't worry about it. And, and you know and what? One that I I I don't want to waste my time at all. Yeah, well, we'll get there. But this team, I'm actually kind of surprisingly excited to talk about. I didn't think I would be at the beginning of the off season, but Team Dignitas has become strangely compelling, especially after their result at IEM Cologne. Uh, a lot of things changed this offseason. They signed Smitty J from Gamers 2 to replace Gamsu in the top lane. They signed Kire from Denial to replace Helios in the jungle. Uh, they signed Apollo from Impulse to replace Core JJ as the AD carry. And Raz, Barento Muhammad, has moved to the head coach spot while Interflame has become the team manager. These are all... Pretty interesting things to me on paper. Walter, when you look at this, uh, what's your opinion on how this roster is broken down? So this this roster to me feels uh, very like sort of experimental where they're giving giving a couple players like Smitty J and Kare uh, a shot, a, a very strong shot at the LCS. Uh, I've heard a lot of really good things. The former coach of that, their former coach, Broken Shard, said a ton of really good things about Smitty J and Kerry. They played fairly well at IEM Cologne and, and, you know, surprised a lot of people in the process, even though uh, I think it was mostly Kerry that impressed. I don't think Smitty J was, was very good. He seemed to have a lot of problems uh, controlling the opponent, uh, opposing top laner. And then they retained Shifter and Kiwi Kid and got like another player in that kind of Shifter mold of like only really does one thing half decently in Apollo. So I'm very interested to see how the team is going to mesh together. And this is a team in particular that has no like true superstar that like one person is going to carry them uh, like some other teams. But I get another split of Kiwi Kid, which makes me super, super happy. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to him in a bit. But I do think you've, uh, you've nailed it on the head. This is not a team of superstars. This is a system team. But if there is going to be a superstar, I think Kire is that guy. Uh, if anyone who watched the European Challenger Series would know that uh, unlike certain people who would have made the front page in the last – uh, 48 hours saying that he was a complete unknown guy. Uh, he's been around for a while, and he's really good. And we've seen him become this really nice, aggressive, ganking jungler, kind of like a, a European younger rush. And Walter, I got to ask you, what is Kire sealing this split? So I think Kire can be can be a very, very good player. I think he's shown. I've watched him stream a couple times. And I think he's shown that he has a very, uh, very strong understanding of, of traditional kind of jungle pathing, of you know what 
most people, their tendencies are, uh, especially when he plays solo queue. He's been playing a lot of European solo queues. He's been up against a lot of European jugglers. But he's made some comments of like, oh, well, I'm going to go do this because I know this jungler is going to be at this camp at this time. So I'm going to go take this camp or I'm going to go do this gank or I'm going to go meet him at this camp. Like he's very intelligent where he kind of talks about that sort of stuff, which is is weird to hear from kind of a, a rookie LCS player. So it's refreshing to see that. I think he can be a very strong player uh, with a heavy gank style, uh, a heavy kind of gank style, which is still very in vogue with Nidalee and Elise and Lee Sin. Um I'm slightly worried, though, if the meta does shift away from those kind of junglers, which I've been saying since before Worlds would happen. It's got to happen at some point. (laughs) So if it does move away from those kind of heavy ganking-style junglers, is he able to play the more, like, utility farming-style junglers, such as, like, Mundo and Zac? So that's where I see something interesting that could develop. But I think if it stays gank-heavy, he has a very good shot at being a very good jungler. Yeah, he kind of strikes me, again, it's that rush and uh, move kind of prototype where they're great at ganking. And as long as they're able to play that way, it's going to go well. When you force them into a different style of play, you know, you're going to get a mixed result in terms of effectiveness. I think the Kire has a little bit more depth than maybe a rush does. We saw a rush toward the end of last split just decide, I don't care that it's a non-ganking meta. I'm going to play a ganking champion anyway. I'll play Nidalee until I literally run her into the ground. Because I don't know what else to do. Uh, I don't think Kyrie is going to have that problem. But I do think you lose something of the effectiveness when that changes. Uh, And you're going to need someone else to be able to make an impact. Now, one of the guys that, Walter, I know you believe is incredibly underrated as far as being able to make an impact is Kiwi Kid. So here's my question to you. Do you think that this is the split Kiwi Kid gets the recognition he deserves as a support player? No, no, unfortunately not, because he still makes a lot of... So I've said this before about Kiwi Kid. His only, his only thought is go, go. I need to make a play. I need to make an engage here. And sometimes they're brilliant four-man any ultimates, and sometimes they're just absolutely terrible thresh hooks that he pulls himself into four te- you know, four members of the enemy team and his team doesn't follow up. So I think, again, like kind of his entire career as a support player, he'll have some really, really good moments where you're like, man, that was awesome, and I'll get super excited. And then he'll have some moments where everyone's just going to go, ah, typical Kiwi Kid. While I personally love Kiwi Kid and think that he's super underrated, I don't think that this is going to be the split, and I don't think there will ever be a split where all of a sudden everyone else will go, oh, you know what, Kiwi Kid's pretty good. Which kind of makes me sad. So it's an interesting thing about Kiwi Kid. Uh, I told you in the pre-call, just to go behind the curtains a little bit, that I had some interesting stats to share with you today. Uh, I, I want to be on the Kiwi Kid bandwagon because I want to believe in this guy. I think he's a fun player. Uh, the plays that kind of stand out in your head with him are fun plays. But when you look at the stats, uh, he had a 2.9 KDA last split. That put him at sixth amongst support players. Uh, His support totals, his kill totals, neither of which were particularly great. He was pretty much a little below average across the board. Um, But you know what? That's not everything. Uh, Dignitas wasn't a kill-crazy team. They didn't have a lot of great wins. You know, there are a lot of reasons why his KDA would not look great that aren't necessarily on him. But if he's this great engaged guy, he should have a very high kill participation rate because he's the guy that's getting the engages that start these fights. He was ninth. 
and kill participation last split. That's a problem. Uh, if you're going to believe that Kiwi Kid is this hard-engaged guy that's going to start the fights that turn things around for you, he's got to be able to do it consistently. And the stats say he just doesn't. And it's not even that, you know, when he does, it's equating to kills because, you know, kill participation would just imply that he was involved in some way. He's not involved in a good portion of his team's biggest plays, which means that his engages aren't the things that are giving them what they needed last split. That's worrying. Even more worrying, 10th in wards place permitted, 10th in wards cleared permitted. He is literally the worst vision jungler of guys who played 18 games last split. These are all very worrying signs. And, you know, I want to believe in Kiwi Kid because the moments where you watch him and you see him make the play are so great. But when you break it down point by point, it just doesn't hold up in the overall spectrum. And it just leads me to believe that it's going to have to be someone else that becomes the person that takes over and makes the big play because he's not doing it as often as it seems like he is from the memories that we have of him. And that leads to my biggest fear, Walter. When this team is behind and needs a big play, who do they turn to? Uh, and, and that's that's a great point. And I think, unfortunately, it comes down to Kiri and, and Kiwi Kid. And as much as the statistics say that, that the Kiwi Kid really isn't that kind of guy, that that's what's going to happen is it's just going to come down to Kiwi Kid instinctually just like making one of these plays or Kire, you know, hitting an Elise cocoon, hitting, uh, hitting a Lee Sin kick, like stuff like that, which is kind of unfortunate because all of those things are super high variance. Like you're, you're not going to hit every single cocoon. You're not going to hit every single cocoon when you need to hit it. You're not going to be able to hit every single Lee Sin kick when you need to hit it to win a team, you know, to engage a team fight. I think a lot of teams will have a lot of success in kind of disengage compositions against Dignitas, especially early on. Uh, and I think that'd be a really kind of smart way to play into them, try and play safe and, and sort of neuter Curate's early game aggression and then force Dignitas to be the team that engages into you and then just peel, peel and kite. Uh, because you're 100% correct, I don't think that there's someone that's amazing at this sort of, we're going to take the team fight now. We're going to do this, and we're going to win the game now. I mean, Apollo and Shifter aren't those kind of guys. They're very sort of passive play style guys. Smitty J had a lot of trouble at IEM Cologne, so it's going to come down to Kira, and it's going to come down to Kiwi Kid. And at the end of the day, it's just, there's so much risk when you're waiting on one of those two to do it. Yeah. There's a lot resting on Kire right now, which is a problem because even though he's been very good in the challenger scene, and there are a lot of great stats you can point to about what he's capable of doing, that's the challenger scene. And it's different when it's on a big stage. It's different when you're in a country that you're not familiar with and you're having to deal with everything else that comes with that. And we don't know how he reacts when things get tough on this kind of level. You know, we'll find out, but it would be really nice if they had another guy that they could turn to as a veteran presence who can kind of take that over. And having been a Team Dynamic fan from way back in the day, I can tell you that the artist formerly known as WizFusion is never going to be that guy. But more specifically, the guy that people point to or try to point to when it comes to this is Shifter. So let's look at Shifter for a second. He had a 4.3 KDA last split, which was tied for fourth, but looks less impressive when you realize that he was sixth in kills and sixth in assists. The reason he got his great KDA is because he was the fewest deaths 
amongst those who played 18 games. Kill participation, he was 10th amongst mid laners with five or more games. He was 10th at CS at 10 minutes, uh, minus 6.9, tied with Inox for that particular stat. Ninth at goal differential at 10 minutes, so it's not like he's getting kills that outset that. Sixth in CS per minute, 11th in damage per minute amongst five, mid laners with five or more games, last amongst full-time starters. That's a problem. That's a lot of really bad stats for a guy who's supposed to be your mid lane carry, who's supposed to be this veteran presence. Um, I know a lot of people really like Shifter, and I just, I don't get it. Like, we've seen him so many splits now. You know, we've seen, you know, we've heard all the stories behind the scenes about how he treats players when he doesn't get along with them, and we've seen how he's played for split after split now. I just don't get the appeal. I guess it's just that he doesn't die, but, you know, Apollo doesn't die either. That's fine if you have the carry, but Smitty J's not that guy, and neither of those people are that guy, so... It's it's gonna be rough, but but Walter, I hear some gumshoe music coming forth. I I sense a conspiracy afoot. Have you uncovered something here? I I I think so. There's something very strange about the fact that you know, barely two weeks, three weeks before the LCS starts, Broken Shard randomly leaves the team or or is you know replaced on the team. Uh, I I feel like something happened behind the scenes that that won't get talked about. And I, I don't know what it is, but I feel like there's something that happened behind the scenes with broken shard that, that led to his replacement on the roster. And I think Raz is going to do a tremendous job, especially having inner flame there to help him. Um, I think they're going to do, you know, the, the best that they can uh, to get into a position where they're going to succeed. But something just feels kind of hanky about the fact that that broken shard left with less than a month to go to the LCS. So that that that's what I'm I'm kind of thinking here. It something doesn't smell right. It's a weird career for broken shard. From- Especially when like he's the guy that brought in these two European rookies. Like I something just doesn't sit right with me on this. Yeah, he and Inner Flame, like you listen to the Inner Flame interview he had when he went on the True Sight podcast, which is hosted by our good friend Tim Sevenhusen, which you should totally subscribe to uh, if you like uh, interviews that kind of go in-depth on, uh, on various different perspectives within the scene. Uh, and it was a very interesting interview, but it really did feel like Inner Flame and Broken Shard were this duo that was working together, that really understood where each other was coming from, that wanted to you know, combine all of these different ideas into this larger team you know, team mentality. And Broken Shard was an important part of that. And it was an important part of the old Dignitas EU roster that's now been rebranded as Splice. And yet, time after time, we're seeing that, you know, teams love trusting Broken Shard until they get to the big time. Until it's going to be on public display. And then suddenly, I think you start looking at his Twitter profile and you see that he's this, you know, self-described meme lord and you see the way he carries himself at some of these kinds of events. And it's really hard to present that guy as your head coach when you're looking at sponsors, when you're looking at you know, how to grow your organization. And I'm not saying that Broken Shard necessarily has to change who he is. I think he's been very successful at what he's done. But there does seem to be a connection between 
him being a fine enough coach for guys to hire him and consistently get their teams to that LCS level, but not the coach that they want when they're going to have him on a broadcast in front of hundreds of thousands of people week after week. I think that says something about how these teams view him. But Raz is going to be a great option. And when you put all of this stuff together, Walter, it's time for our final thoughts. Where do you land on this team at the end of the day? Uh, I think at the end of the day, this is a team that's going to be fighting to stay out of uh, relegation. Uh, I think that they're not... I don't think they're the worst team out of the rosters that have been leaked and confirmed. I don't think that they're they're phenomenal. And I think that they just have a very limited ceiling of what they can accomplish with some of the players that they have. I think that there is a there is a very good chance Carey kind of erupts and is a very, very good jungler and is a very good pickup for them. But keeping Shifter and signing Smitty J and Apollo have have this variance that, yeah, they can be decent, but they can also be very, very bad and and not accomplish anything. So I don't see them necessarily contending for a playoff spot, but I don't see them uh, as like, you know, the 10th spot in the LCS either. But, you know, Inner Flame has come out on Twitter and, and, and like, you know, screen caps some Reddit posts about people th- saying they're, you know, the ninth best team or they're the worst team in the LCS. And uh, we'll see. Maybe maybe they got something going on behind the scenes that's going to surprise us. But I, I just don't see that as, a, a, as likely. The one thing if you're a Dignitas fan is that you can rest your head on the fact that Raz is a very good coach. Inner Flame has proven himself uh, as a good manager. And you have a team that at IM Cologne showed that they can work together as a unit. Game one against Chao Gu was awesome. Uh, they did a lot of really good things there and showed that they have the potential to hang with some of the better teams You know it, that we saw at that tournament. I mean, Chao Gu made it to the finals. This was not a bad team that they beat. And let's be real, they should have won that series 2-0 if they don't throw at Baron basically three times in a row. <laughs> so there's certainly something to be said that there's a synergy here, and, and the gears seem to be turning all together in a way that's really interesting. You know, this is a team that could surprise for the six seed, in theory. I think more than likely they'll be fighting for more of the seven seed, because when you get to the week-by-week slog, you know, so much of it comes down to how do you adapt to metas, and who is the guy you turn to to be the guy that steps forward? You know, in a best of five, it's all about picking on the enemy's weakest guy. In a best of one, it's all about getting your strongest guy as strong as you can get him so that the other team has to try to stop him because they don't have time to adjust and change up their pick and ban strategy and do all the other things that you can do in an elongated series. I think that Dignitas is not built for that. I don't think that they're a team that is going to excel in that, you know, my best guy versus your best guy matchup. And if they're able to play as a unit and they're able to overcome those kinds of things with really great rotations and everything else, then maybe they'll be okay. But they have three guys on that team right now who lose the laning phase more often than they win it. And that's a hard place to come back from. That puts a lot on your jungler. And I would be very concerned about that in the long run. But we'll see. That's the fun part about all these preseason breakdowns. This has been a podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you did, uh, you can let us know on Twitter. I am at RedshirtKing on Twitter. Walter, where can they find you? You guys can find me at at C80s underscore LOL. 
And you guys should definitely, if you enjoyed this, keep up with our podcast. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash esportsgamblinghour. Or you could go to iTunes, search esportsgamblinghour, and subscribe there. Uh, That way you'll get all of our podcasts when they come out. We have released five podcasts so far in North America. We had already done TSM, Immortals, NRG, and CLG going into today. In Europe, we've already talked about Vitality, Splice, H2K, The Unicorns of Love, and today we released our Fanatic podcast. You should totally listen to all of those. We're going to be releasing one of these a day for the next five days as we wrap up this 10-day team-by-team preview. So come back tomorrow when we're going to talk about one of the long-standing powerhouses in North America that has both added by subtracting and subtracted by adding. And until then, goodbye, Internet.